Halo. Hi, is this Olena? Tak, tak. Yes. Sorry. Hi. <laughs> Hi, this is Mainika calling you. I'm a, a journalist with the Globe and Mail in Canada. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm fine. Good. Yeah. In the last few weeks, I've been speaking to people who fled the war in Ukraine. Hello. Hi, is this Sonia? It's Oliver. It was him. Oliver? Yeah, Oliver. Yeah. Both Oliver. of you. Hello. Hi, is this George? Yeah. Olana Sabenko, Sonia and Oliver Haas, and George Fedorov all left their homes and their lives behind in Ukraine after Russia invaded on February 24th, 2022. The, the 24th the of February, it was at morning, at 6 o'clock at morning, I remember this, I woke up 6 o'clock and we, we I, I had some, some stuff already packed because I was nine, nine months pregnant. It was quite uh, quiet. I remember that uh, uh, after my uh, in the, my morning routine, uh, I received lots of uh, text messages uh, from my friends, uh, all saying like asking, "Is it real? What's happening? Uh, how are you? What's going on?" I remember I wake up in the morning. I think your mom wake up first. Like my husband's mom wake up first, and like, hey, like things are happening. Uh, it was it. It really came as a as a shock, and you know, especially waking up at four o'clock in the morning to like the sound of bombs is not something that uh, I really ever expected I would live through, and it's not something I would ever hope anyone else has to live through, but I know there's a lot of people who do. Olana, George, Sonia and Oliver don't know each other, but in the last year, they've been on a similar journey of displacement. And all four of them kept in touch with Globe correspondent Paul Waldi and photographer Anana Liminovich. Today, we're going to bring you their stories. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. We originally wanted to get married before the end of 2021. That's Oliver Haas. He's an American who was in Kyiv when the war began. His parents had been living there for years. And while visiting them in 2019, he met Sonia. She's now his wife. Uh, but then a string of things happened. We had a um, like a miscarriage, and then we ended up having... Oh, I'm so uh, we both got COVID after that. <laughs> and so oh. things just kept getting pushed back. And basically we had to uh, have a date locked in. And so as we were getting to the, the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, well, it's the 22nd or it's uh, 2022. So I was like, you know, why don't we get married February 22nd just to make it really fun and easy to remember? Yeah, my husband do everything for not forgetting the time, <laughs> the day. And so even though it was small and quaint, it was really something special that we cherish. And But it was also something that seemed so so long ago. And when we look at pictures and stuff, we're kind of like, wow, that was like really nice. Like we really enjoyed that. But we almost immediately afterwards, we had to 
put it aside because we had other like pressing things like just two days after. Yeah. The world was shaken by Russia's invasion, but perhaps not as much as some Ukrainians were. The two countries are more than just neighbors. They have a shared history. Many Ukrainians speak Russian, and some have family in both countries. So when the invasion started, some people were in disbelief. Like, you're like, no, this is some sort of joke. It's can't, like, it's, it's not real. I have my best friend who still lives in Kiev, and her grandpa, he was born in 1925, and he was... Uh, <laughs> he was fighting on the first, like, Second World War. Yeah. And the first months for him was pretty hard, because, like, it's a lot of family that they have in Russia and a lot of friends that you have that you can't believe that they will go and murder someone like who a lot of Ukrainians who speak like now they change the language but they speak the same language for a long time and they like no this can be happened a lot of people didn't go to basement or like hide somewhere because they wasn't believing that. Meanwhile, in the western part of Ukraine, Olana was living in Lviv when the shelling started. She was nine months pregnant. My husband and mother say it's not safety to give birth here because we don't know how it will be. Maybe rockets come to hospital and something terrible can happen. You go to Poland. It was no time to decide, to plan, to... We just uh, listened her and went to the border, crossed the border. Oh, Lena, can I, can I ask you, how did, how did you feel when you were crossing the border like that? Do, do you remember? I was, I was so, so scared. Eight million people have left Ukraine. Most are women and children. And some are foreign nationals who were living in the country at the time. Like George Fedorov, who's Russian. When the invasion began, he was living in Odessa, in the south of Ukraine, with his wife and her family and their five kittens. There was uh, not so much uh, missiles uh, firing at Odessa at the time. And uh, there was no uh, suicide drones. We were so lucky that the only sign uh, of the uh, real um, destruction of war, we saw only one blow-up truck uh, at our journey to the uh, Lvov. So we got really lucky. We, we kind of was ready to move on, and uh, with the uh, sirens and uh, all this panic, we decided that we just need to move uh, to be safe, to like, to, for, for safe sake. Hmm. Uh, do you remember how you felt at the time? Mm, cold-hearted? Cold, cold-hearted? Cold. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have the thought that uh, what uh, I should do and what I must do, and uh, I just... Uh, accordingly. Being Russian made the journey out of Ukraine difficult for George. 
His nationality made him instantly unwelcome to the Ukrainian border guards. The most uh, stressful part is uh, the border, because uh, Ukrainian uh, border uh, military, they didn't like me uh, to be Russian and totally understand. I mean, uh, second day of the war and my passport is like a red blanket for them. So uh, they uh, go through all my stuff, uh, my laptop, etc. But they found out that I was pretty clean. I mean, I never support Russian aggression and Putin, etc. My mother uh, says that uh, she does not support the war, but she believes that there is Nazis in Ukraine and there is crimes in Ukraine against Ukrainians uh, and Russians. And uh, it's all hell and uh, Russia needs to do something. She doesn't know what exactly. War is not the answer, but still there is something to do. And the problem is that I don't know if she just afraid that, uh, I don't know, government will uh, read our messages and uh, close up, or does she really believe in that? Hmm. And, what, and what about your father? Uh, pretty the same. Uh, we... We never liked each other, so uh, he was uh, his own tyrant. So, is there anything that uh, I guess you'd you'd want to tell your parents, George, about about your life and and about the war? It's not about what I'm want to say to them. It's more about what I want to hear from them. And what would you like to hear from them? Uh, something about. Uh, understanding what the world it is today. George, what does it mean for you today? W- what does it mean for you to be Russian? Uh, I hope that I don't have a citizenship. Mm. Uh, that would be better, but uh, in our world, you need some kind of an ID, and I can't just throw it away, so uh, it's a weight. Uh, and I really want to throw it away. I mean, I have this guilt that uh, instead of fighting the regime, trying my at least, uh, I just run away. So maybe that's my penalty for that. We'll be right back. Olena ended up in the city of Premyshel in Poland and decided to stay there. It's just on the border with Ukraine. And in the first few days of the war, tens of thousands of refugees were showing up every day. Most moved on. Some stayed in the city. But despite the other Ukrainians nearby, Olana says she was still lonely. I miss everything. I miss my friends. I miss my home. I miss everything, of course. 
I, I don't I don't feel that I'm I'm very far from Ukraine because I'm on the border and I I hear Ukrainian language every day in the supermarket here is plenty of Ukrainians and that's make me feel closer of course but here life is is different here I am alone in Ukraine I could have uh, uh, my friends near me my parents my husband parents She gave birth to her daughter on March 17th, 2022. Vera weighed just under seven pounds. Does Vera have a special meaning? Um, uh, yeah, Vera is face. Face. Uh, if you translate it. Mm -hmm. Into Ukrainian. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, it's, it's not very popular. It's a bit old name. But I, I wanted to give her this name. Why did you, what was special about this name? Why did you want to give her the name that means faith? Faith is like, um, we, we believe that future for Vera, for us, will be different. Will be new future. And when, she, when we back to Ukraine, everything will change. And then she will not... Uh, meet war in her life anymore. Olana wants to make sure her daughter knows that she's Ukrainian, even though she was born in Poland. A lot of my thoughts is about my baby, and it's helped me uh, to be more positive because I cannot uh, be inside the war in my thoughts because I, I want to give uh, my Vera all the positive emotions she needed. Yeah. She wants to see my smile and and she wants me to be in a good condition. We will teach her, we will tell her what is the price of victory, what is what is the price of, of this war, how many lives laid down for our freedom, how all the world unit uh, to help Ukrainians, to help Ukraine, our soldiers, our army. I will tell her how she born, how she was uh, in hospital, how many kindness, how many good people was around us. Mm. She she will know all these things. Sonia's family split as soon as they left Kiev. Sonia and Oliver went their own way, escaping to Hungary, then Slovakia, then Poland, then the Netherlands, and then Britain. They've now settled in Ayr, Scotland. But Sonia's mother and younger sister went to Italy to be with extended family. But then in the spring, my mom started to feel bad. She was consistently going to doctor and they didn't really help her. But then during the summer, they figured out that she had cancer. It was pancreatic cancer. Yeah. It's no chance possible. So basically, in October, my mom died. You know, her mom wasn't with us in this house that we are in, in Scotland now, so it's kind of, it helps us to move on, but it's definitely probably really difficult for her family back in Ukraine. Basically, I understand that my mom did want me to be happy, and uh, 
I want to support my family and I want to support myself so I can help people like we did ha- see a lot of people who was helping us. And I want to do the same for people who struggle with their lives. So um, it's still like sometimes difficult times emotionally because things are still going and sometimes my best friend, she's still in Ukraine and I wasn't at her wedding and <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay, don't uh, you Yeah. So, uh, they basically, I've missed a lot of things, but I, I hope that one day it all will be over and I see them again. <laughs> As the anniversary of the war approaches, so does their wedding anniversary. So there's a tradition. I'm not sure if I understand it all completely, but I'm sure my wife will explain it to me better uh, about where there's two candles that you get from the wedding that you're supposed to then uh, light on the anniversary every year or... It's three candles. Basically, it's tradition when... Uh, older families give like fire of their family to a new one. It's three candles, and it's like my my parents and my parents in law supposed to fire our candle, and we take those candles from wedding with us, so we can light it every year. A year later, George is in Germany. But he's still searching for one thing he hasn't been able to find. I mean, I, I want to have a home. Because uh, uh, right now it still kind of feels like we on the trip. I mean, uh, we live in our current flat for about nine, ten months, but it's still doesn't feel like home. Mm. The problem is that uh, right now nothing feels like home. I hope the journey will end sooner. There is this uh, next step in war, uh, which everyone calls the most important one, which decides the end of it. So I really hope that uh, it will end soon. And definitely with the Ukrainians as a winner. And for Olena, she can't wait to bring Vera home to Ukraine. Every day we are closer to our victory, I'm sure, 100%. When you do go back, Olena, what's, what's the first thing that you'd like to do when you go home to Lviv? <laughs> Everyone told that they will celebrate. <laughs> I will <laughs> I will celebrate uh, for sure. But I need to uh, I need to um, make Vera room because uh, before Vera birth we we didn't uh, organize her space. We just had plans and we just had a free space for this. I will do a place for her. Mm. Yeah, and after we will visit all our friends because we miss them so much. 
And Olina, so she is, Vera is almost one years old right now. Um, what would you like for your life to be like when she's five? What would you like, where would you like to be living? What would you like to be doing? We are in Lviv, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, Back in Lviv in Ukraine. She, she, yes, uh, she's preparing to, to school. I teach her how to read. Maybe she will know already how to read. Mm. I work. Mm. Um, maybe we will have nyanya. Maybe we will go to kindergarten. I don't know. Mm. Time to time we we go to Sambek to visit our parents. Mm. We travel. We are happy. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and, and for talking to me today. Uh, no worries. Thank you. I, Thank I, you. I hope that uh, your daughter has a good first birthday next month as well. It, it will be a small one <laughs> mm-hmm. because in Ukraine we will do bigger. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Elena. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Before you go, I want to let you know about a live Decibel event happening on Friday, February 24th at 12 noon Eastern. We're discussing the one-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine. I'll be speaking with senior international correspondent Mark McKinnon, live from Kyiv, and Europe correspondent Paul Waldy in Warsaw, Poland. We're streaming the event live on YouTube, Facebook, and on the Globe and Mail homepage. That's Friday at 12 noon Eastern. Really hope you can join us. Okay, that's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. A big thank you to Paul Waldy and photographer Anana Liminowicz, who shared their contacts with us so we could bring you the stories of Olana, George, Sonia, and Oliver in their own words. <laughs> <laughs>